You're listening to the Auburn Express. What's up and good morning, War Report family. You got Ike Jones back in the saddle for the morning drop. Today, we are discussing the linebacker room for Auburn University. Going into the 2023 season, how do we expect them to perform? Y'all know how we do right here, War Report style. Just drop it on them. Yes, indeed. Morning drop. You got Ike Jones in here today. Today is Monday, July 24th. Hopefully everybody is having a good Monday. Good start to your week. Appreciate everybody for dropping in with us. Uh, Last week, of course, missed a lot of morning drops because we were out at SEC Media Days, but we are back bringing you guys the Great content that y'all are used to hearing right here from the War Report. Monday morning, talking a little bit about linebackers. Ironically, man, one of the first non-live content pieces we ever did, myself and Mike G, was sitting down and discussing the linebacker room for Auburn University. I believe this was back in 2019. 20, I can't remember which season. It was 2019, 2020. One of the first things that we did was that. Uh, so looking forward to being able to get in here and talk about that with you all this morning. Hopefully you all are having a great morning. Looking forward to talking with you guys a little bit about linebacker today. Um, It's a room that last year, if we're going to be honest, was one that underwhelmed. You didn't see a lot of productivity from that room. It didn't really show on the field, at least. I think we have some good guys in the room. Scheme and defensive line and all of those things just made it feel a lot. left a lot to be desired if we're being honest with the linebacker room. So hopefully this season with some of the talent that we've brought in and some of the maturity of the talent that's already in the room, getting healthy in a couple of places, we'll be able to have a productive linebacker room and a new scheme, new defensive coordinator, new linebacker coach, all of those things. Hopefully all of the things that I'm saying equate to a wonderful linebacker performance for the 2023 season. And um, yeah, let's just take a look at the room as it stands right now, who we have in our linebacker room. And we'll talk a little bit about the strengths and weaknesses of that room within the Ron Roberts defensive scheme. If you all are not members of the war report, you haven't had the opportunity to hear me talk about Ron Roberts scheme. I didn't go into a lot of details about the scheme, but I did look at some tapes some film from Baylor uh, with him running that scheme and some of the things that you expect to see. I focus a lot more on defensive line and the DBs. So maybe we'll take an opportunity during our watch the film, shameless plug. We've got one of those coming up this week. Um, Watch the film sessions. Maybe we'll take a little bit more of an in-depth look at that scheme in the linebacker room just to put all of that together. But let's talk a little bit about what we have for linebackers for 2023. And uh, here's the room as it stands, right? So I do still have Demario Tolan on here. And that's pretty much just a shout out to our guy, Takeo Spikes. We had the conversation with him at SEC Media Days. There has been talk that Demario Tolan is welcome back to the team uh, once he decides it's something that he wants to do. So I do still have, have him on here. But of course, Demario Tolan is not currently with the team. So again, on the graphic, but that's not a real thing as far as this season is concerned. But going on beyond that, we've got guys like Eugene Asante, who was the transfer in from North Carolina. 
222 pounds, currently a junior. Um, Austin Keys, the 6'2", 233 transfer from Ole Miss. Cam Riley, 6'5", 242, just a massive human being there in Cam Riley, uh, also a junior. Robert Woodyard, highly touted guy, redshirt freshman, came over as one of the flips, uh, you would say, from Bama in that class last year. A lot of people had high hopes for him. Didn't get to see him a lot last year. Was coming off of an injury in high school. Six foot two thirty four. By all accounts, a thumper. So we'll talk a little bit about him. Larry Nixon the third, the transfer from North Texas, coming in this season. Six one two thirty one senior, and uh, a lot of high hopes for him in that room as well. We've got Powell Gordon now back with the team. We haven't had an opportunity to talk very much about this here on the War Report, but. If you had not heard, Powell Gordon is back out of the transfer portal. A lot of that, I think, dealing with the whole Demario Tolan situation, getting Powell Gordon back. Uh, he was always one of the players who had entered the portal looking for an opportunity elsewhere. I think I remember seeing that he had gotten offers to a couple of places. I don't think anyone, any of them were P5 offers for him to transfer into those programs. So he did have an opportunity to go play football somewhere, put some stuff on tape. And, uh, you know, allow himself the opportunity to really use that scholarship to play football, which is what he loves to do. He's an Auburn high grad, so he's a guy from hometown. Uh, but I think, you know, he just decided that this was a better place for him. So he is back in the fold with Auburn right now. Uh, one thing I want to note here, though I'm talking about linebackers, specifically talking about interior linebackers here. Uh, so not focusing on the jack position, which we will do separately, right? So the jack is a linebacker position. It's a hybrid linebacker defensive um, line position, but I'm not talking about anyone who is listed as a jack. I mentioned that here, though, because there is a lot of talk about whether or not Powell Gordon is a guy who will slide out to be a jack defender. So um, we'll kind of table that conversation specifically about Powell Gordon, but just to note that he is back in the linebacker core, 6'2", 228, redshirt freshman, again, out of Auburn High School. Wesley Steiner is the six foot two forty five senior who is one of the smartest guys in that room. A very intelligent football player, hasn't quite put it all together on the field yet. But Wesley Steiner looking to make potentially a leap this upcoming season. We've got Coleman Granberry, who I believe is a walk-on guy. Uh, he is 5'11", 205, way undersized. Um, not a guy that you anticipate is going to get a lot of snaps in that room. Uh, freshman, though, I th believe a walk-on player. And then Jake Levant, the guy who walked on previously and was granted a scholarship last season, uh, played a little bit in the middle of the season. You saw him a little bit in the Mississippi State game, and he played a little bit against Western Kentucky, if I'm not mistaken. So has a little bit of playing time from last season, 6'1", 232 and a junior there. Um, joining me to come in and talk a little bit more on this conversation, though, this morning is my guy, B. Will. B. Will, what's up, man? How you doing? Hey, man, we all right, man. We all right. a little late. Please forgive. But yeah, let's talk about these linebackers, man. Yeah, so I just gave you all the rundown a little bit about the guys that are in the room, but let's talk a little bit about expectations for this season coming up. B. Will, what are your first thoughts and impressions on the linebacker room? You and I talked very briefly about this yesterday that we were going to have this conversation today. But just what are your thoughts on the, the position of linebacker at Auburn and what our prospects for some of the guys that are on this list would be? 
So as I understand it, uh, based on what Ron Roberts wants to do with with his uh, defensive design, we're really going to have two constant linebackers and an extra DB on the field. So I don't know. I, I It makes me wonder if there are only two solid linebacker spots. Hmm. Who do I think those are going to be? Who do I think those two always on the field linebackers are going to be? They're only being two spots. I think, I don't want to say it spells doom for a couple of guys, right? But I do think that it it slims up that rotation quite a bit and it makes it to where our guys going to stay focused and engaged if they don't get the first crack at it. And if you don't get the first crack at it and the guy in front of you is killing it, then do they want to stick around? Um, I, I, I worry about that now more than ever. But I do think we have some motivation for all of these guys because nobody is the guy, at least not here, you you weren't. So you've got very experienced guys like what um, Larry Nixon, of course, is. I'm looking extremely forward to Cam Riley's campaign this year because he has the measurables. Measurably, he is a fantastic linebacker. I don't know if he's good or not because he was injured so early last season that I don't know what type of effect he he would have been able to have had he stayed on the field. So when I look at this room, I'm thinking, does the most experienced guy, does he get a, a slot no matter what? And that's Larry Nixon the third from North Texas. Maybe, maybe not. So if he gets a spot and, I don't know, between Keys and Riley, who are, I want to say incumbent necessarily, Keys, again, at Ole Miss he was playing, and Riley here he was playing before he got hurt. But what does that mean for Robert Williams? who doesn't right. have the speed necessarily to play outside in special packages. So he would have to be a constant. But we've got three guys who are much more experienced than you. How do you get on the field? You have to right. be exceptional to jump and, and get on the field ahead of these guys. So I like the mix, though, of Woodyard, Riley, Keys. I think those are probably, as far as anticipating how good they will be, those are our best linebackers. I think Nixon's experience, but obviously um, maybe missing some speed as well from what I've seen of a couple of clips of him. It seemed like Riley had uh, the best mix of overall physicality and measurables. I think Woodyard's going to be a hard hitter. I don't know what type of uh, player Keys is going to be yet. Between those three I just named and Nixon, I think that's probably your four that see the most time. And I wonder what that means for Steiner, for... Asante for, or we know Tolan took a step back from the team um, for anybody else on this list. Like it's three guys and a possible. And then I don't know what happens to the rest of these guys. Cause I know more than just four guys want to play. Eugene Asante still here. I'm sure he wants to play. He didn't really get a crack at it with the last staff. What happens to the guys once they settle on their main two? Because again, it's not three guys. It's two. It's two. And you pretty much going to have a, a nickel, cornerback on the field or or a safety that's going to be down to to help play the run but still have some some mobility all the time so what does that mean for the rest of these linebackers i, I don't know yeah i mean for sure in, in this defense you are shortening the linebacker rotation right you're going to have your two permanent linebackers that will rotate through um but as far as positions that's going to be two guys as, as opposed to three or if you're playing a three four four uh linebackers so to your point, you've got that star backer who is really playing in the safety room, right? Like it's not in a, a, another person from the linebacker room. So it does shorten the number of snaps that are available for rotation. And I mean, speaking of snaps, uh, we went and took a look at this. 
to your point, Larry Nixon Jr. by far has had the most snaps on of any of these guys. So he's a guy that's right. used to playing a lot of snaps a game uh, at North Texas. Uh, he has over 2,000 more snaps than anybody else in our linebacker room as far as snaps played. Um, Except for uh, Cam Riley. Still, he's got... more than 1,000 over, over him. You said more than two, uh, more than two thousand. Oh, more than a thousand. Excuse me, a thousand yeah. more snaps than anybody else. Cam Riley's the only one who has more than a thousand, one thousand snaps played in right. that linebacker room. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next highest person is uh, Wesley Steiner. Wesley yeah. Steiner at close to a thousand nine hundred and twenty-eight total snaps, and then Eugene Asante. So, if we're looking at experience alone in that room. Uh, if you were just to go with the most experienced guys, you start with Larry Nixon and you'd have Cam Riley next to him. Um, and then if you're too deep was just experience, you'd go Wesley Steiner and Eugene Asante. That pushes Austin Keys out of your right. top four or your too deep rotation there. Right. Uh, and then, you know, Robert Woodyard, of course, barely playing any. And the next highest person is going to be... Uh, Shoot, nobody else really. Oh, Jake Levant has a couple of snaps, right? So the rest of the yeah. players have barely even touched the field. I don't think that's how it's going to play out, right? Like, I right, don't think right. that it's just going to be the guys who've had the most experience are going to play the most. But it is going to be interesting to see. I think the interesting thing about this linebacker room is, is one thing. Larry Nixon was brought in after spring, right? So right. you had Eugene Asante, Austin Keys, Cam Riley, Robert Woodyard, Powell Gordon, Wesley Steiner, Jake Levant, all in that room already. And the defensive staff said, now nah, we still need another guy. Yeah, still need somebody yeah. else to, to bring that room more whatever. I don't know what mm-hmm. it was, if it was leadership, if it was better assignments, uh, you know, ability to, to, to read their assignments, if it was better tackling, whatever it was that they felt like this room was lacking, they went and go, got a guy from North Texas who has a bunch of snaps, way more experience than anybody else in that room and said, we need him to fill out this roster and this room to, if nothing else, raise the level of competition and the floor of what this room could potentially be at the 2D. Yeah. They're looking at two to four guys that they're going to rotate through on a consistent basis, and they didn't feel like they had four guys that 100% could be in that room and contribute on a down-by-down basis in the SEC. So they went and got a guy from North Texas to help with that. What does that say about where we were prior to Larry Nixon getting in here in that linebacker room, in a linebacker room that we've all felt underperformed last year? Yeah, so I would say that that probably means they're a little bit worried at least, or they have to consider depth. If they didn't value what was already in the room and they said, okay, we got a couple of guys here since... Hugh Freeze got here, but I only trust these guys that I brought in because I've I've scouted them, I've recruited them, so I've seen on tape that they can do what I'm going to ask them to do. I don't know about these other guys. Let me go get somebody else who can do what I'm going to ask them to do because they didn't play. Like the the guys who were here, the incumbents didn't play for these coaches. So I think it's really hard to say. I know he can do it. Like Cam Riley's measurables are insane. Wesley Steiner is smart. However. I, I still don't know if these guys can do what I want them to do. So I'm going to ensure myself by going to get guys who, again, at the group of five level, they had a chance to see and maybe even play against the North Texas over the last few years. So mm-hmm. it's not completely outside the realm of possibility that they were impressed with Larry Nixon far before he hit the transfer report and was like, oh, no, 
I've seen you play. Let's keep right. an eye on that guy. He's there. He goes. Let me scoop him up. And that's that's fair game. That's that's what the transfer portal allows. That I think is actually kind of cool, right? Like you you play somebody at, at your old place, and you go to a new place, and you're like, you know what? This guy just wrecked shop when he played us. We can have him on our team. Yeah, let's go get him. Now I don't know that that's exactly the circumstance, but I do think that there is a. It's fair to question their comfort level with the staff. Just like you said, Hugh Freeze has a type. And we've been questioning whether or not Robbie was going to have a, a clear path to the starter. No, because that's not his guy. Same way, Cam Riley's not his guy. Wes Steiner's not his guy. Eugene Asante, not his guy as far as uh, Josh Aldridge, the linebacker's coach. So go and get guys that are your guy. It doesn't mean that that's the perfect guy. Right. It doesn't mean that Peyton Thorne is the prototypical Hugh Freeze quarterback, just like it doesn't mean that uh, Larry... Nixon is the prototypical Josh Aldridge linebacker. It just means I like your experience. I think you can handle what I'm going to ask you to do between your ears. Come in and let's see what you can do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's, it's going to be interesting, I think, to see kind of what Josh Aldridge has in his mind. And I don't know that we've had a real great opportunity. Like they went and got Austin Keys, Demario Tolan, Larry Nixon. Is there a similarity amongst those guys since Josh Aldridge because you know we talk about this with coach Hugh Freeze and quarterbacks since he's been here look at the quarterbacks that he's brought in right so you talk about um Hank Brown the guy that they signed out of high school a Walker White for next season and then you mm -hmm. get a Peyton Thorne those are the three quarterbacks that he's brought in what are the similarities amongst those quarterbacks and what are the things that that indicates or should indicate this is the kind of guy that he's looking for we should do the same thing and evaluate those things at other positions when we look at who they're trying to recruit for a linebacker. When you talk about, you know, a guy like Riddick and you talk mm -hmm. about bringing in a Larry Nixon, a DeMario Tolan, a, and Austin Keys, mm -hmm. are there similarities amongst those guys and how they anticipate them filling in and fitting into this system? Uh, and are there things that we need to look at that and say to ourselves, okay, this is what this coaching staff actually values at mm -hmm. this position? And this is the way that we can see those fitting in. I don't know that we have an exact answer about that yet, right. but I do think that when you look at Austin Keys and Larry Nixon specifically, you look at guys who seem to have a good grasp of where they need to be on the field and they're consistently around the football when they get those snaps. Mm -hmm. And when they get there, they're getting tackles, right? Like right. I think the biggest thing for this linebacker court last season were, were two things specifically, being out of position. Yeah. And when you do get there, you're not getting the guy on the ground. Yeah. My question is, are we still having those same issues this season? A guy like Robert Woodyard, you didn't get an opportunity to see that. A guy like Eugene Asante, you didn't get an opportunity to see that. Mm -hmm. Cam Riley was hurt. He was a guy I felt like was consistently in position. Well, he was out of position every now and then. You're not going to make every play every single time. But mm -hmm. he was in position more than he wasn't. And when he right. got there, he was a solid tackler. Right. Injuries has been the concern for him, at least mm -hmm. of recent. Is yeah. he back into form? We talked to, um, what's my guy's name? I can't believe I'm forgetting. Zacoby McClain. Mm -hmm. Zacoby felt like this was going to be a breakout season for Cam Riley. He really likes what that young man puts together on the field. Uh, I think Zacoby knows what he's talking about. He's played with the guy in practice. He's definitely yeah. played at a high level in the SEC. So looking forward to seeing potentially what Cam Riley can bring for this defense. But 
it is yet to be seen what Josh Aldridge wants out of that linebacker room. I think we need to see that picture develop pretty clearly and quickly for us to have a lot of confidence in this room. Just before we get over into talking or bringing in comments, I'll put you on the spot here a little bit. I'm going to ask you for confidence level in the linebacker play without having seen it, sight unseen, zero to 10. What's your confidence level that this linebacker room is going to be able to perform consistently? And again, I know you haven't seen them play in this scheme. A lot of new guys that haven't had a lot of snaps in this system. But where are you at on a scale from zero to 10? 10 being they're going to be all SEC caliber. Zero being, oh my God, we are in so much trouble. I think seven. Seven? Seven. Okay, that's solid. It's because I actually have a lot of confidence in Josh Aldridge as a defensive coach and also as a linebackers coach. When you tell me that, again, this this is me. I am actually projecting here, but there are some some things that I heard about him coming in. Number one, he was the defensive coordinator so, there at Liberty. Let, let's pause, though. Put that into perspective for me. Where would you have put that last season if we were coming into this season, same room, looking at what we had last season, projecting forward? What would be the difference between your seven today and where you thought we were la- at ending last year? Ending last year? Ooh. Ending last year, I thought we were four. Okay. I okay. thought we were four. All right, so thought let's we continue four. down the path of yeah. this current seven. Go for it. And also, uh, let me say this. If we had the exact same linebackers coaches last year, I would say five. The same mm-hmm. guys in the room, but the old linebackers coach, I would say five. Mm-hmm. But Josh Aldridge being, again, a defensive coordinator who was given the keys. Being given the keys when the coach leaves, I think that says a lot. Well, mm-hmm. it didn't say a lot at Auburn because Kevin Steele got the thing when Gus left. So, okay, not not in that situation. But in most situations where politics isn't a big enough thing going on behind the scenes at Liberty, like they just got their program to group of five. Like we just have to bring the right people in here who are competent. Josh Aldridge got that nod. The defensive court, they're taking a step down, and we've talked about this before plenty of times, whether it's work or any responsibilities. Once you're responsible for the large scale and you get to funnel your focus down to the smaller scale and work on just your specialty, I think it makes you better. I think it makes you elite at coaching that thing. I think the linebackers will get better. Whoever they are, whatever the group of talent is in that room, we're going to get better under Josh Aldridge. I think there's going to be some figuring out early as far as who it's going to be. And who can really step up and do exactly what he's asking them to do. But I do think that they stack the room enough to have the right mix. Because we only need two constants. We need two constants. That makes it a lot easier, I think, to find two out of a possible, really, six guys who could play and contribute. Because a few of these guys weren't going to play. Like Jake LeVon probably wasn't going to see many snaps. Coleman Granberry wasn't going to see snaps. Powell Gordon probably wasn't going to see snaps. All right, so they they weren't going to play. But you're telling me I got Wesley Steiner, Larry Nixon, Robert Woodyard, Cam Riley, Austin Keys, and Eugene Asante. That's six guys. I got to find two out of six, and I got a coach that I think is elite at coaching linebackers. I will take those odds for him to figure it out with that group. And even if they aren't the best linebackers, that means they are not the fast linebackers that can also cover uh, a tight end and, and wide receiver if in, in, the, in the pattern if that play calls for it. 
yes, we're not we're not talking elite, the best linebackers ever, but you're talking about assignment sound and physical and a short tackling. You find two of those, I think Josh Aldridge can do it. That's why I'm seven out of ten for this season. That's fair. Yeah, I'd probably put myself right in that same range around a seven right now without having seen the product on the field. Uh, so I think that we have, again, guys who will be assignment sound and will be sound in, in being able to tackle, bring a guy down. Um, yeah. And that's really the most that you can ask for your linebackers consistently. If you get above that and you're making wow plays and you're coming downhill and you're run stuffing and all that sort of thing, at the least what you need to be is if they get to the second level, I'm there to make the tackle. Mm-hmm. If you know they're running some misdirection stuff, some play action stuff, I'm not being consistently fooled and the ball's going one way and I'm looking the opposite direction or it's a two-way go and I'm guessing wrong because I didn't understand what my gap responsibility was as the play flowed in one direction. That sort of stuff is what gets you down into the five, six below level. If you right. can be a solid seven in this league, I think you put yourself in a really great position if... If, and this is a big if, you have a good defensive line in front. Right. War Report family, you are listening to The Morning Drop, where we talk about the most recent and relevant Auburn sports news. We broadcast live from the War Report's YouTube channel on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 Central Time. You're welcome to come watch it live, but the live chat is reserved for our YouTube channel members only. So come on by, become a member, and get active in the best Auburn sports community on the webs. We'll be right back after we pay a couple bills. Thanks for sticking around through the ad break. Now here's the rest of your morning drop. And we will start it off. Dana Jones says Eugene Asante will have a bigger impact than what most people think. Listen, Eugene Asante is a guy I was super excited about. Came out of North Carolina. Again, a lot of snaps there at North Carolina. Uh, Didn't play very much here at Auburn, but all accounts from defensive players who I've talked to, he does all the right things in the locker room. He's a good locker room guy. He's there at practice, shows up every day, works hard, plays hard. Uh, I am looking forward to Eugene Asante having a role this year. Any thoughts on that, young man? No additional thoughts. Just hoping that he came here for a reason, that he at least gets to get on the field. That's that's all you want for any of these guys. When they choose Auburn, yeah, I just want to see him. People are rough on us for our views on the quarterback position. I think our views are consistent at every position. If this is the best that you can trot out, we're in trouble. But at least let me see what's behind them on the field. Let some Put somebody else in there. Let me see something else. Let's see. This ain't it. What you telling me none of these other dudes can do better than this? Yeah. And that's how yeah. I felt a lot last year at linebacker. You're telling me nobody else in this linebacker room could do better than what we're doing right now. None of them. Yeah, I don't know, man. I just can't believe it. And and, and prove prove me wrong, coach. Put him in there. Let me see. So I can exactly. be like, oh yeah, you were right. He's TJ yeah. Finley. Got it. All right, cool. <laughs> cool. Answer that question. Yeah. We won't ask it ever again. <laughs> we're good. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Uh the Walker Show. Will Auburn beef up its linebacker room for 2024 this Wednesday? Yet to be seen, but hopefully we'll be in a position to be able to do that. More on that Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Uh James Sawyer says, I think we're going to be ha- to have improved linebacker play this season. One can only hope. Hope so. Chris S. says, do linebackers play slow this season in a complex system like system like how our wide receivers explained they had to last season? This is a great question. Mm. Um, I don't know the complexity of this system. I know it's different. Yeah, I don't know I, how complex it is, though. I don't know 
the system, in my opinion, and this is my opinion, I'd love to be have an opportunity to talk to a player about this. And this is one of the wonderful things that I loved about having the uh, the watch the film session with a guy like Ben. Mm-hmm. If you guys have not seen the Ben Grubbs watch the film sessions and you're a member, those are available right now uh, for patrons on rewatch. So all of our patron members, make sure that you go check that out. He, sh- he talked about a lot of nuanced stuff that me as never playing as far as technique and all that sort of thing that I would not have seen. I'd love to get a former linebacker in here talking a little bit about this stuff. You know, we've had the opportunity now to talk to one of the Auburn greats. I don't know if we can get him in here for a film session. Yeah, I was going to say. Now that you're on the radar and everything, if you want to slide through, you know what I'm saying, Spikes, come holler at your boys, go chop it up and do a little film. Maybe we'll look at some linebacker stuff and you'll say, oh, yeah, because what he's supposed to be doing right here, he's got the A-gap assignment. And as you flow, I, listen, I don't know all of that stuff. I can speculate and tell you what I think was supposed to be happening on the play based on, you know, but we will try to take a look at that stuff. I need to find a linebacker who wants to come in and talk a little ball with us. Daniel Moultrie jumps in and says, don't count out. Woodyard. I am not. Yeah. I am not counting him out. I want to see this man on the field. I know he he is at an experience disadvantage currently. I don't know that that will keep him off the field, though. But when they go out and, and really focus on experience with what they brought in, then it makes me go, ah. Uh, same thing again. I made the comparison Peyton Thorne, right? Is that the best quarterback that was in the portal this offseason? No. Do you see the quality experience with two full years of starting in the second best conference? In the nation, yes, that's the value for Peyton Thorne. Right. I think there's a similar value there for, for Larry Nixon. Yeah. Uh, Miller Howe says, can't sleep on, again, young Robert Woodyard. He will surprise a lot of fans as this year as well. Mm-hmm. Looking forward to seeing what he'll do. Listen, talent is never the issue with Robert Woodyard. It is right. whether physically he's in the right spot to be able to play consistently. Coming back from that injury, has he gotten back to the form that made him a fringe five-star player right. coming into his uh, freshman year. Right. Yet to be seen, but hopefully he is making progress in that direction. James Sawyer says, need to keep Puckett closer to the line of, closer to the line of scrimmage as possible. So keeping Puckett in. Listen, there's a lot of people, uh, Corey Weber echoes this, a lot of guys, uh, all of those guys, and I still feel like Zion Puckett should play linebacker, right? I'm one of the people who thinks that Puckett is probably going to be one of the star linebackers slash DB, so he is going to be playing more in the box, and I think that that suits him better. Uh, when we get over and looking at defensive backs, you'll see. he. If you look at him and his size and stature versus our linebackers, it, you can't tell the difference. He looks right. like a linebacker. He plays like a linebacker. He just <laughs> is in the safety room, has a little bit more ball skills, which makes him ideal as a star, right. in my opinion. Right, right. So we'll see what they've decided to do with him uh, but that will be interesting. James Sawyer jumps back in and said, oh, I just did that one. Just kidding. Miller Howe's going to go to him and says, Nixon is my second lead headhunter for the inside rocks, bringing a lot of experience to the room. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. He's, he, I did these out of order, but Keys will be the lead headhunter this year for the inside linebackers. So Nixon and Keys are the guys that Miller is saying will be the constant two. And I can um, see that. I can see that. For yeah. sure, for sure, I can see it, yeah. Listen, uh, these coaches have been pretty clear. They didn't go to the transfer portal to put guys on the bench. Right. If they brought them out of the transfer portal, their thought process is, we're going to get them in here, and if they're good enough, they're going to play. And right. I think 
this is this is an issue, honestly, that I had. If I if I'm gonna talk about issues with the last coaching staff, this is one of the bigger issues I had was having guys come from the transfer portal or transfer into Auburn and you never use them. Right. I just didn't like you couldn't convince me that you evaluated that guy properly. You got him here on campus and you were like, oh, this ain't the guy I thought we were getting. Like, yeah. why did you bring him in in the transfer portal? Right. Yeah. What what I just don't like a guy like and that's a guy like Eugene Asante and the the mystery that was Drayshawn Miller, those two things. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. Confuse me. I, I just I talked to players. Eugene wasn't the guy that is wasn't, you know, doing what the coaches asked him to do. He was mm-hmm. there on time. He was had a good attitude, all of those things, but never played. I didn't understand that looking at the the product on the field from the linebacker room. We had good DBs, but Drayshawn Miller never, never even sniffed the field. Right. And he was a guy who was, from what you heard about him, was, hey, I'm going to play one year and I'm going pro. And now right. he's disappeared into oblivion. I don't even know where Drayshawn Miller is right now. What I don't is know. Like? I think he, he transferred somewhere else as a grad last year after that failed 2021 season. I don't know where he went. I didn't hear anything else about him. I didn't hear his name in the draft. He I, got Thanos snapped into the, the dust realm, bro. Like, boy, yeah. it's gone. Yeah. I have no idea. Uh, Chris S. says, do we need to watch the film on linebackers? We talked about this a little bit. We absolutely do. I will mm-hmm. figure out how to put I've got a ton of film now. We can talk linebackers from the film that I have. I don't know how much you want to evaluate linebacker play based upon last year's linebackers, but I have the film mm. to be able to do that. Uh, mm. But I do want to be able to sit down and talk about that for sure. Hopefully I can find a good linebacker who's got the experience that can come in and do a little bit of that with us. Daniel Moultrie says, I think Woodyard, Steiner's key, Steiner, Keys, and Nixon all will be a, will be solid this year. Yeah, I, th- I think those are the four. Well, Woodyard, Keys... But who am I missing? I, I don't know. Riley instead of Steiner. And the Riley, other reason I say yeah, that. If I were to sub one guy out of here, it would be Riley. Yeah. Um, I still think that Eugene Asante may crack the top four, but I, and that would mean Robert Woodyard, in my opinion, gets pushed down out of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yes, I would say Riley over Steiner, um, just from what I've seen on the field thus far. Right. Now, if you look at spring game Steiner was still one of the guys that was in there with the ones in that game so I don't I don't know man I don't know yeah and we'll Robinson see. says you can't teach a player to be around the ball 80% of the time you like having a nose for the ball is instinctive right. you just kind of feel where the play should be it's it's part instinct and it's and I don't know what the percentages are. We probably could ask someone, but it is a cauldron of instinct and film watching, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and then the other portion is just reps, right? right? So you've seen it enough because you've played enough and you're like, oh, this is what this usually looks like. You've watched it on film enough. So you start to recognize it in that way. Mm-hmm. And then some of it is just pure instinct of, I just know where to be, right? And you, that you build that instinct from playing a little bit more then you watch more. It's like you just you get the right mm-hmm. mix of those things and you just where you need to be. The physical tools, you're born with those. Right. Like right. either you're fast or you're not. Either right. you're strong or you're not. Yeah. Either you, you know, have this knack to just want to knock the snot out of somebody or you don't. I could right. never, ever in my life play linebacker. Ever. <laughs> 
You're not getting a dude 215, 230, running a 4-4 into me full speed and expect me to stop him. That's not a real thing. Yeah. I wasn't built for it. I was not built for it. Yeah, but you you got you kind of just have to have that in you to be able to do that sort of thing. Um, and some guys do, some guys don't. Yeah. And our, the problem, I think, at Auburn is we haven't found enough of the guys that do consistently to be a very intimate because the linebacker position and the safety position in my opinion is what make those two positions make your defense intimidating now Mm -hmm. your defensive line is what makes your defense dominant Mm -hmm. but like linebackers make you intimidating because it's like all right cool you can get past the first level at the second and third level somebody is going to decimate you Mm -hmm. so good luck right right good luck you can scheme past the first level you you gotta like your your defense gets scary when you have guys in the second and third level that are absolute monsters. Yeah, it, it, you dominate at the first level. You you start making people like I right, I'm gonna catch it, but that's it. We're not I'm not dealing with that. Dude. <laughs> We're done. I right, I'm gonna yeah. run, but make sure this dude is over there somewhere. If you yeah. get good at those levels, man, you start to scare people when you walk into their stadium. I'm, I'm, I just don't I'm know if you have a lot of scary of the, dudes in a while, man. I'm trying to think of the best defenses, not just at Auburn, but ever. And did they have a linebacker or a safety that I could name because they were good? And yeah, Every last one of them, bro. They had somebody who was like, oh, my God, that dude right there, you do not want to tangle with him. I, yeah. I would watch. There was a clip floating around on social media, and it was actually uh, uh, Spikes talking about Brian Dawkins, the mm-hmm. safety uh, when he was playing at the Eagles, and um, he was talking about it. He said that before a play, he was like, uh, "I forgot exactly how they, he phrased it, but he based Brian Dawkins basically was like, the next play, I'm lighting this dude up. I want to see how bad he wants to be out here today." And they threw the ball to him, and they showed the clip of Brian Dawkins absolutely destroying this man on the sideline. <laughs> and him standing, mm. Brian Dawkins standing up over him and saying, hallelujah, it's going to mm. be a good day. And I was Crazy. Like, yeah. Oh, man. wow. That's different, bro. I was like, mm, that's why I like dudes like that, man. Like, you, I, I, that's, you, you know, I was, I'm a fan of them safeties that's going to come and knock the snot out of somebody. And they like that kind of motion going on. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, man. Let me let me have a couple of them dudes patrolling the back. Please be, please, please throw the ball over the middle. Please, just somebody throw it in the general vicinity of where I'm patrolling. I am going to make this dude regret the fact that he chose to play football today. Yeah. We you need know a what? couple of them, man. We do. We need a couple. We need a couple. And the more I think about it. We have we have had some sure tacklers here, like Jacoby McClain was an incredible linebacker for us. He had the the instincts. He had the instincts before he had the experience, which was you could see that he was special. The the pick six in the twenty nineteen Iron Bowl, like that was. I want you to think about what it takes to see a guy and you're chasing him down. The ball hits his back, but like that's that's instinctual to catch that quickly off the ricochet ricochet rabbit mm-hmm. and run it back. Like I mean that's. He was never nervous while in the game. He never looked like, oh, snap, what am I supposed to do? No, he was there, sure. Sure hands, sure tackles, and he got the job done. He wasn't scary, though. K.J. Yeah. Britt was the last one that was scary. 
Yeah, he just didn't have a size to be scary, right? Nobody. He didn't, like, he didn't have right. He wasn't the prototypical linebacker size. He wasn't like a what's the guy's name for Georgia a few years back? Raquan Davis. I can't I remember. I think Raquan. It may Raquan have been Smith. Raquan Smith. Raquan Smith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like that prototypical size, and we've seen that's, that's why Cam Riley seems so promising because prototypical size. I don't know if he's scary though. Woodyard. Yeah, has the potential of anybody. Woodyard's the guy. Woodyard's the one the that you want to see. He's the dude where yes. it's like I don't really want him to tackle me. I don't think, I don't think that's a good. I don't think that's a good like career move for me to like right. get tackled by this dude. So yeah, man. Let's hmm. go. We're gonna run. We're not running through that gap, right? Because that's where he normally meets folks. Let's not do yeah. that. All right, we're gonna uh, close it out. Walker Show says, "Why wouldn't your smaller, faster linebackers play the star on a rotating basis?" Um, they would have to switch really... rooms. They're coached by two different people. Yeah. I'm not saying that that's a bad idea. I'm just saying that the star, you have to have some coverage skills. So if you can't cover, mm-hmm. then just being in that spot is not enough. So right. you, it just, it's really more so about what the coverage skill of that player is, not necessarily their size. But if they can cover, then they should 100% move over to a star position. Um, usually, though, in this scheme, you're going to move those smaller guys to a jack linebacker so that there'll be a hybrid rush end, but they're going to be in sub packages, right? Like they're not going to be an every down player. They're going to be a rush end, um, hopefully on passing downs or obvious passing situations so that if you wanted to play the games where you're dropping that jack into uh, coverage to cover like a r- running back out of the flat tight end type of things in a zone blitz, you'd have the flexibility to do that because they're fast enough to do that sort of thing. Anyway, but yeah, that's usually what's going to happen here. And then last one here from the Walker Show, we need two constants and at least one vowel. I see what you <laughs> did with the play on words right that there. Bars like coming one. from like the Walker Show. I like that one. <laughs> yeah. All right, that's it, man. We appreciate you guys jumping in here, talking a little linebacker. We'll continue with our position group breakdowns tomorrow. So it's that time of year, man. We're about to get into fall camp. Let's talk about what we've got. We're not really going to be adding anybody else to the roster. We know who's on the roster. We'll get through and start talking about what we think and projecting those positions going forward. But we are out of here, and we will see you all tomorrow morning for another drop. Until then, and as always, War Eagle. Peace. Peace.